0: Hello, and welcome to Superior Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of GrindMyReels.com.
1: And I'm Mark Giannacchio. I am the founder and webmaster of the Chasing Amazing blog, which is one man's quest to collect every issue of Amazing Spider-Man.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, for the first ever Superior Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this monthly podcast and that it provides a somewhat intelligent conversation, maybe between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. We'll begin by discussing
1: recent, recently released Spider-Man comics. This month we'll be discussing Superior Spider-Man 7 and 8 and our thoughts on, on where the series is headed after uh, these two issues. And then we'll also talk about some of the supporting Spider titles like Avenging, The Age of Ultron tie-ins. Uh, we'll hit on some Spider-Man news, the movie, things like that. And then uh, we'll wrap up the podcast each month by talking about a classic issue from our collection since both Dan and I are pretty hardcore collectors who are working on finishing complete runs of Amazing Spider-Man.
0: If you want to skip to a specific section, just use the chapter selection arrows on your player. If you're using an iPhone or an iPod um, or even an iPad, um, whenever you hear this sound, check your player again, and you might see a new photo or a link to enhance your listening experience, and we suggest you check those out. You can email us any comments or questions you have regarding this podcast or anything at all to SuperiorSpiderTalk at gmail.com. So I want to start off, uh, Mark, by talking about like really who we are. We're starting this podcast off, so uh, let's talk about like who we are as collectors and, and Spider-Man fans. So how did you get started, and, uh, and what are you doing with your collection right now?
1: Um, Dan, I purchased my first Amazing Spider-Man comic off the spinner rack when I was uh, seven years old. It was in uh, 1988. It was a copy of Amazing Spider-Man 296 which was actually the beginning of a two-part Doc Ock arc, where Doc Doc Ock was uh, psychologically scarred by his battles with Spider-Man and was thus in a mental institute. It's it's not a great arc, but Regardless, it was um, really the comic that kind of hooked me into Spider-Man. And I started buying the issues fairly regularly after that. Um, ASM 300 came out uh, a couple of months later, and that was a really huge issue for me growing up. And sometime around maybe when I was 14 or 15 years old, I, I made kind of a promise to myself that if I ever came across the means and I guess the issues themselves, I would try and get every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man. And when I blog about my collection on Chasing Amazing, a lot of times, I mean, I talk about the new issues, but I also like to talk about the issues from my past and how I acquired them and and what these comics mean to me just because this has been such a long-term arc. I'm, I'm 31 years old now, so I've been doing this, oh, 25 years now. So there's a lot of memories and a lot of weird connections. Not everything is always... Um, how you would maybe connect things together. But I, I kind of like exploring that when I talk about comics. Uh, I'm currently five issues away from having the whole run, which is pretty cool. Um, and I, I'm savoring these the, the, the next few months or years or however long it's going to take. I mean, it's taken me 25 years. What's a few more months, right?
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I look at it, too. Um, like you, I've been collecting Spider-Man for a long time. I'm 11 issues away, so you got me beat there.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, but I'm not I'm not too far behind. Um, but again, no rush. Uh, those 11 issues will be fun to collect. I did run into an amazing Spider-Man number one yesterday and I was so tempted, uh, but I'm kind of holding back a little bit because it was too expensive. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been reading since I was five. I I don't really I can't really pinpoint exactly when I got into um, uh you know, Spider Man per se, but I do know my first issue was uh, three seventy five, the gold cover with Spider Man versus Venom, um, yeah. and like you, you know, there's I have kind of have a soft spot for for that those kind of things, and I, I, I always loved like looking over how Venom's like tendrils just wrapped around Spider Man's head or the kind of machinations of that character, and um, I, I poured over this book forever, and I, I learned to read really from Spider Man comics. Um and that was like the real thing, and I, I really connected with the character being kind of a bit of a um, scrawny dude myself. You know, I was like, yeah, I get this guy; he's kind of, you know, a social outcast and stuff. Even though know, that's not really in three seventy five <laughs> at all.
1: You know, I've joked about the same thing. I, You know, I always talk about the relatability of the character and, you know, 296, I mean, the joke of the issue was that Doc Ock was afraid of Spider-Man that he, you know, beat him to a pulp enough times. But it's still, I it, I guess that just con- it, it conveyed no matter what, even in those those newer issues, I kind of moved away from that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was like really the character of Peter Parker that drew me in at first more than just like kind of Bagley's art um, and as as a child and... It's kind of a violent issue to start with, but uh, um, I think it's one of those things, like, as I looked into it more, I grew to really, like, appreciate who this character was. And um, I'm sure the reason that we both collected is really for Peter Parker as a person, uh, correct?
1: Yeah, although now we're reading about Otto Octavius, so this is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> but now we start talking about it on, on internet uh, just to, you know... But we love Peter Parker.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. How could you not? <laughs> Although there's some people, I'm sure, who find him a bit annoying. <laughs> they work for Marvel. Whoa, <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Oh, I'm kidding, I'm yeah, kidding. Yeah, right. No, they they love the character, too. I, at least I like to think. Um, I, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about who we are. And uh, we'll kind of update you guys on our quest to collect and, and things like that as we move forward. But we thought it was important to kind of talk about who what the what the series means to us Let's get into some of the reviews of the books that we've been reading recently, 7 and 8. So let's start off with 7, the issue where the long-anticipated return, maybe-anticipated maybe, maybe anticipated return of Cardiac. Um,
1: oh, man. Uh, yeah, you know, I saw Cardiac was going to be in this arc, and I, I immediately started having 90s flashbacks. Uh, it, it, it was, it was kind of—it seemed like an odd choice initially, um, and I think I'd moved away from the character for so long. I really had forgotten the backstory and the fact that he was this doctor that, you know, did good but through underhanded means. And and once uh Dan Slot got going with with um issue seven, it, it actually made sense to me why they would decide to bring Cardiac back for this arc. I th- I think I think Otto needed to be exposed to a villain, quote unquote, like this—that that was more shades of gray than some of his earlier battles with Massacre and Vulture. I mean, the fact that Otto seemed to be going in his own direction with um, Peter's power and responsibility code, um, having somebody who was you know a little murkier ground to combat with probably was a good way to eventually give the payoff in issue eight which i i don't want to jump to just yet but i felt it was a satisfying payoff and that stemmed from the fact that with that cardiac had a more complex backstory than some of these other characters what do you think dan
0: yeah i mean i i agree with you completely and um i always like uh you know I think the choosing of, a, like, a villain or, or, or the, the kind of, like, op- the antagonist in the story is really important. And we all... Everybody always says, like, Batman or Spider-Man have the best villains, and I think it's true because they always reflect something back onto the hero. And it's one thing I think that Dan Slott has been particularly good about in his um, uh, writing of Spider-Man is uh, finding a combatant that does say something about our main character. And, and by choosing Cardiac, I think... Uh, he, he, he chose a really good one, for, particularly for this issue. Um, so, yeah, I, I was excited to see Cardiac back. Um, so, uh, very early on, I was aware of Cardiac as one of the first characters I was introduced to in the Marvel Universe. And uh, so it's kind of nice to see him. I love the design of the character. And I, it got a, a little bit of a changeover here um, that I thought was really nice, particularly from Herberto Ramos's rendition of him. Um, do you like Ramos's art and the changes, the shoulder pads that were added to Cardiac?
1: Yeah, I, I do. I, I I always go back and forth on, on Ramos, because I mean, like, his his art can be so frenetic sometimes and, and almost too sketchy for me, but but I really enjoyed his version of Cardiac here. And and, and so far, I think because the superior title is a little Little different in terms of tone that that the, the kind of sketchiness that that he does, and Stegman does it too um, it, it works for the title but it 's just funny that you mentioned the, the the whole cardiac thing with with your first issue because you know again not not to go into flashbacks, but because a lot of my my early buying was of, of comics was in the uh, heyday of the comic book boom and then bust of the nineties i always I always think of cardiac because I just remember when he debuted in like three hundred and forty whatever it was. Um, Marvel was just pimping this character, so hard. I mean, the fact that they got, he had a B story and an ASM title, I mean, is, I think speaks for itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were really trying to make him out to be the next big thing, and what ended up making the the early cardiac appearances actually worth some semblance of an investment was, I, I think, either a second or third appearance was the first uh, Cletus Cassidy who would go on to become Carnage. Um, so that would end up being, but but cardiac himself, his his, his actual first appearance ended up being, you know pennies but i just remember going to like you know comic book shows at the local hotel uh near my parents house growing up and like you know just watching these dealers trying to sell the first cardiac for like 20 bucks when you know <laughs> you, you could buy it for 50 cents now
0: <laughs> yeah right it's funny how things last and don't last yeah um and yet carnage would go on to become the really important character uh Sorta. Of. <laughs> I guess, yeah, yeah. I mean to some people I guess.
1: I was We're gonna say there's there's a cult for Carnage. I don't think there's a cult for cardiac. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think after these issues, like I, I would be curious to see more of cardiac and, and what's going on with him.
1: Oh, absolutely. I, I I think slot 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 made me interested in cardiac again. I'm I, 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 I've kind of forgiven him on that. I mean, like you said, slot slot does have a good way of juxtaposing heroes and villains uh, i mean even some of the villains that i think otherwise are kind of i don't want to say unoriginal but like a guy like massacre who yeah i think under any other title is completely uninteresting but i think how massacre was was brought into um well first when he was brought into amazing a couple of years ago but when he was brought into superior it it you know, it made sense. There it, it, it was, it was per, there was intent to, with him in telling a story, bringing in these characters, and and cardiac certainly was um, intentional in this. You know, for this stage of the story.
0: Yeah, and like getting into the actual like plot of the story and and, and of Superior itself. Like, I've really enjoyed how it's almost been like a mirror of the Big Time era. Um, as you know, we saw a massacre. Bef- you know, before the switchover, and now we're getting to see all these stories almost flipped on their head um, to see how someone else would react, and it's like like progress was made, and now progress is kind of being flipped and unmade um, or, you know, or not you know, um, this, these two issues kind of show that maybe Doc Ock is making progress but um, I'd like to see the kind of like two sides of the coin here, and um, I think cardiac's a great way to kind of start um, peeling that back um, so what did you think about th- uh, this issue seven overall? Um, you know, forgetting like about how it played out in eight, you know, did you enjoy seven?
1: I, I did. And, and there were some other things that got brought up in this issue that I, I really keyed in on. Like I really enjoyed um, some of the neuroscience or neurological things that that slot was bringing up with the whole, um, you know, moving his hand but not having the – the verbal side of his brain yet with, with the whole, I I call him Astral Peter. That's, that's been become my, my de facto nickname for this, this, the, the essence of Peter that's been hanging out with, um, spider rock for a while now. But, um, that to me, that's daring stuff to have in a superhero comic. And I, and I really, I, I mean, I, I guess it's still my, my, my academic side that comes that, comes out from time to time. I I I read a lot of um, like Oliver Sacks, who's this you know very renowned neuroscience uh, in college. And so seeing this kind of um, these themes and these ideas being explored in in a Spider-Man comic is really really unique to me. And and you know I'm sure you you know a a true scientist will poke all these holes in what Slot's trying to put across here. But but from my standpoint, it's fun. It's a different spin, and you're not you know the fact that We've never really had a, a plot line like this before. You know, It makes it interesting. makes me want to keep reading.
0: You mean science isn't followed to a T in superhero comics?
1: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Reed Richards and all of his stuff is probably to the T. I, I, I can't imagine Stan Lee and Jack Kirby got any of that wrong in the 60s.
0: <laughs> You're shocking me here, Mark. Don't, <laughs> don't give me a heart attack. Yeah, I agree. I think it's really fun to see this. And I I'm curious, you know— As they're slowly starting to peel back, like who and what astral Peter, quote unquote astral Peter, is. uh, I'm 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 really interested to see how that plays out, and I have my my theories about exactly what he is. But I'm enjoying seeing that kind of like play back and forth as we discover more about it. And Peter's been off and on annoying to me in Superior Spider-Man, but I think in Seven, uh, he's used very well to kind of counter what Doc Ock is doing, and and see. It's been a great way to see how Peter would do things and how Ock would do things, and having Peter kind of shouting about no, don't do it this way, and then possibly seeing Ock be successful. It's interesting to see the play between the two. And I, oh, I yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just, I, I just going to agree with you, and, and 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 you know, in terms of this whole idea of what what really is astral Peter. You know, it, it when Amazing Spider-Man 700 came out, even before Superior One. Not that I predicted what what the ending is superior one which was going to be the appearance of this you know spectral peter here but you know when everyone was going peter parker's dead peter parker's dead and i was like yeah but the body's still there the 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 moral values are still you know the, the power and responsibility he has all his memories i'm like you know if 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 slot goes in a different direction here and, and doesn't explore just you know physical but actually more you know neurological We'll we'll quickly discover that this character is still exists in some fashion. So and so, just seeing him go in this direction, I mean, in addition to interesting me, kind of validates I think my original thoughts and why I didn't get hysterical like some other people did when Seven Hundred came out because you know the this character's dead and he didn't even get a proper goodbye and blah 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 blah. blah, blah. But it's like, but he's not. It's, it's, it's clear that <laughs> this is all being set up for him to still be present in some fashion.
0: My favorite Spider-Man comics are the ones that really explore the character and, uh, you know, his moral stance and what it means to be Spider-Man, the power and the responsibility. And, you know, I never got upset after 700 because it's, you know, it's fun to read a different story. You know, we've all been reading Spider-Man for however long you've been reading it. It kind of remains the same book most of the time. And, you know, the stuff that we talk about and things that are remembered are when it's not like the normal Spider-Man book. And... And I was excited to see something different happen. And I think overall Slott's been pulling it off in a way that I think is really interesting to explore the character. This way, It's always bugged me, uh, particularly like during um, American Sun and stuff where Spider-Man's had the opportunity to kill the goblin and end all of his problems. And I'm sure we've all felt that frustration um, and, and wanted to see, well, what if? And, and this is the other end of that. Like, and I'm excited to see that play out. And I think Slott's been pulling it off really well. Um, so far.
1: Absolutely. Um, any, any issues you had with Superior 7?
0: Yeah, well, my main complaint with this series so far is that the stories have kind of operated in the same manner throughout all of them. And this one uh, it goes a little bit different, but it, it the, these are like the big plot points. Spider-Ock misjudges a situation involving one of his foes. So we have like the vulture, he tries to pay him off, which I thought was interesting. Um, you know, and, and then... He has a memory from his childhood that alters how he handles the situation. And then he acts in a completely inappropriate way. Um, and then he'll, like, take out all of his aggression on the criminals in a varying degree of evilness, you know, like Jester and Screwball. Um, and I think this is a good way to, to, uh, to, you know, to show another aspect of that. But it's starting to feel a little uh, similar, a little familiar uh, You know, to to see Doc Ock lash out in this way and almost punch someone, and then stop. Like I I feel like the beats are getting a little repetitive. Do you you feel that way at all?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a template for how every issue has gone so far. Even even the two the two parters. Um, But again, because the series is still getting its footing, and you know, even though they're talking about big huge status quo changes coming up very soon i i I kind of forgive some of the uh, repetitiveness of the form here because they're still trying to establish that this is new this is different this is this is this is a um a new kind of comic a new kind of spider-man comic um if they're still doing this 10 issues from now i think you know it's time to give it up but you know, I, through through so far it hasn't, and and I think you could already start to see the format change by issue eight, um, which is, you know, another reason why I can kind of forgive it because I, I think you're starting to, we're starting to move away from it a little bit. Um, my biggest issue um, with seven so far, seven is, um, and and again this gets paid off I think even worse than eight is it just I I am not a fan of how Slot writes. Spidey vis a vis the Avengers. I I you know I I mean I, I have kind of issues with Spidey being Avenger in the first place, and this goes way back, obviously. I mean I yeah. I, I, I just it's just never sat right with me. Um but you know I I, I just I don't feel that Slot does it does the Avengers comfortably. It just feels out of his comfort zone, and every time he's kind of brought them in first of all i think he does it at the expense of of spidey supporting cast so you know we get less less aunt may less mary jane less carly cooper less whoever you know whoever is he's dealing with in that in that point in time um you know it it kind of feels like in superior seven that the ending is kind of attached with a rivet gun because you know we're dealing with cardiac and then all of a sudden it's like well the avengers are here and we're gonna we're about to take you and this is this is not a this is not a a choice you know this is you're coming with us, and it just feels really rigid and forced, and you know we we have to get our obligatory captain America appearance and superior spider man and i i just i it just didn't sit right with me
0: yeah i agree and and also like the avengers aren 't really the people that I want to see confronting spider I, mean, I want to see them eventually they're like second on my list, but primary on my list are like his direct um you know cast members like mary jane and aunt may and jameson and stuff and i feel like they've been kind of on the fringe here especially i've been disappointed in the fallout over spider-man's murder of massacre um Mm. like it feels it's to me it still feels like misdirection um that he's dead except that everyone says he's dead and so has slot in interviews um but like I mean, not that I wanted to see his brains blown out, and we've certainly have seen far worse in Spider-Man comics. I like—I think back to the first issue of, you know, uh, Big Time with the beheading of, or the second issue of Big Time with the beheading of the Hobgoblin, you know.
1: Right, um, not uh, the beheading of not Roderick. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and. um I feel like no one is acting like Spider-Man just killed a guy. Like, I get it. Spider-Man's done crazy things in his past that, like, you know, string credulity, like he beat up Fire Lord and almost killed him and, and all this stuff, but, like, Mary Jane not reacting to that and, like, Carly Cooper still kind of remaining in the shadows about her theory, like, that should be the A story to me instead of, like... Um, the Avengers and cardiac like that stuff like I love that story cardiac story is great don't get me wrong but like I just want to see people being like wait a minute this is definitely not Peter um, and that just kind of sticks in the back of my mind I'm willing to give it more time but if it isn't addressed soon I'm going to start having real problems with the story because these it makes the character seem really dumb
1: yeah. I mean, it, to me, you bring the Avengers in at the climax, which we're clearly not at, and yeah. and, and and that's where it's that's where the misdirection is. And and you know, c- can we maybe segue to eight here? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think uh, so.
0: I mean, at the end of seven, I I just wanted to say like I really was looking forward to eight and seeing that fight go down.
1: Yeah, and then the payoff in eight was just, you know. You're not a scroll, and your body hasn't been snatched, and 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 it's just it's it's a total groaner from slot. It's it's, it's it it almost feels kind of trollish because you, when when you when you look at this from from a logistical standpoint on how how an arc should be building up here. It's, you know, like I said, you, you would think you bring the Avengers in at the climax. It's like, okay, it, we, we, we know that Spider-Man is not Spider-Man. So here are earth's mightiest heroes assembling to, to save the day. And, and, you know, because this threat is so unique and different, we, we need the Avengers here to figure it out. And instead it's, it, it's just a bump in the road. Um, you know, this the, the status quo is maintained and I'm not saying they should change the status quo. It's just, if you're going to build to that, then you need to pay it off in an appropriate way and and it's it, you know I, I just feel it was unnecessary misdirection um by slot because you know the, the the solicitations for issue 9 have been floating around for months now where where they're you know marvel's basically saying you're going to be angry than you're 700 and i just feel like it's baiting a certain segment of the fan base um into getting reactionary about it when people who are trying to be a little more rational about it and and really want to give the storyline a chance, it, it, it's just you know it, you know empty calories in terms of of comic book reading here. I mean, the, let's let's just take those Avenger pages out of both seven and eight if you're going to pay it off like that. And like you said, focus on the supporting cast. Do do more Spidey, uh, you know, Peter and Ock interacting via you know. Brain patterns or whatever, but but just something different than that because it was just it, the the payoff was really weak.
0: It's funny, I you know as much as I enjoyed the Avengers movie, I think the ripple effect in comics has been like really negative. It feels like they're shoehorned into every situation now to sell a comic book, and I imagine that's what it is. It's if you can mention the Avengers in a solicitation, like I'm sure there's some pattern of people going, oh, I want to see the Avengers, you know, um, and they'll pick the book up, but. You know it feels yeah, it does feel kind of shoehornier and and you can really see it in one of the scenes in this book in eight um where we have a direct quote from the Avengers, the red in your ledger uh being used by um you know black widow um when talking to Peter but um yeah, I don't know this this twist thing like slot does this a lot where he'll end on a big twist and then the next issue like directly contradict it um and I'm okay with that, kind of, so long as it, like, moves it forward. It it does feel like a letdown half the time because everybody finishing 7 was like, yes, I want to see Avengers. And when they don't get it, like, expect them to be disappointed.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, I mean for me, like I said, it, it's – I'm not necessarily looking for the whole auto situation to be resolved by the ninth issue of this new series, which – yeah, you know, I don't know how you feel, but I, I, I'm fully expecting that this this story is going to last a considerable amount of time. So, uh, you know, what is that? Is that twenty issues, thirty issues? It's it's going to go. It's not. This is not going to wrap up in ten issues. It's just not. I, I just don't see how that's possible.
0: Yeah, and Captain uh, Captain America was gone for over two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Captain America was two years Human Torch was a year I mean, you know, the, these things It's its going to take time So um, to to build as if, you know They're about to pull the plug on this Only to not, again Like, it, it, I don't know what purpose that serves Except to rile people up um, Rile people up who, you know, bought the comic Because I'm getting my Peter Parker back Yeah, and, you know disappointed and, and and you know that's just kind of like the 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 unspoken thing about slot and like Steven Wacker and stuff that just kind of like disappoints me sometimes. You know, you just like I, I wish they didn't buy into the crazies that that sometimes get up in arms by Spider-Man stuff, you know, but but I I think they I not that they embrace it but but you know, when when you when you write a title and you and you do a plot twist like that, you're you're, it's a nod to the crazies, in my opinion. That's just that's just where where my where I go, and maybe maybe because I'm partially crazy, I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, but I mean, it does add a little bit of kindling to the fire, you know. Like it it let it gives them something to react to, and don't forget the solicits for these issues said fired on all of them, um, like big news headlines, like Spider Man is fired, and you know, he gets fired in neither of these issues. Uh,
1: yeah, that, that was the other thing. I mean, the, the, the resolution is he's on probation, right? Is that basically what where we're at?
0: Yeah, but we're not told, like, what that means or, yeah. you know, <laughs> probation from what? Like, helping out? Like, they're going to go into a battle and, like, need help, and they're like, well, Spider Man, you know, he's sitting this one out because we're not so. Com-. Like, no, they're going to be like, get here spider-man yeah
1: you're you're on probation until jonathan hickman can think of something good to use you in in the avengers titles that's (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 what it boils down to
0: (laughs) yeah well you know so that was disappointing but i i you know how'd you feel with the rest of the issue
1: well that's the thing beyond that and, and and that's why i just wish those pages didn't exist i i really this was probably my favorite issue so far um because um Something that I feel like slot finally paid off for me was was that true redemptive moment for for Otto as Spider Man. I, I mean, that was kind of to me what the promise of Superior Spider Man was going to be when with the ending of Amazing Spider Man seven hundred. This idea of not the, not that the villain was going to become a choir boy, but that the villain was going to have to start taking responsibility for his actions and accept and and you know through the power of spider-man maybe start um writing some of the wrongs that he's done throughout his life um and you know the cardiac story gave him that opportunity you know he helps the little girl with 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 the brain surgery even though um you know even though he essentially caused the injuries with the whole ends of the earth thing uh a couple years you know last summer and you know, what was also kind of extra satisfying about it is, you know, for the first time, we we really got to see Astral Peter be wrong. Um, I mean, you talked about him being annoying, and I, I agree in certain issues, it's been a little overkill for me how how he's been deployed. Um, but to have him kind of screaming in Doc's and trying to take control of the hand so he wouldn't do the surgery, and then have Otto push past that, and and you know kind of that that spider man spirit that we 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 love of the character that that perseverance that never say quit thing that that has made the character so famous uh the fact that he does that to essentially quiet the you know the spiritual essence of Peter. And then he saves the day. It, it, to me, it was a really powerful, redemptive moment for Otto. And, and, you know, that's what I want. You know, if that's what we're going to if we're going to keep exploring this character, that's what I want to see. I mean, he still is going to go around about things his own way and probably be a huge prick about it. But there does need if, you, if you're going to do a superhero comic, there still needs to be heroic qualities to the main character. Even if it's shades of gray, there still needs to be heroism and I think we finally got to see that here.
0: Yeah, and it's weird because I I think, you know, while he might be pushing Peter back, he is becoming very much like Spider-Man. He's starting to make jokes now while fighting, um which I was really thought was interesting, you know, this guy's gone from being really serious and like barking orders at people to kind of making some some uh like one-liners and I think we're going to see this slow transition as he really accepts the Spider-Man role. Um, and, and talking about Ghost Peter, or Astral Peter as you put it, um, I like that in this issue he kind of became a bit more proactive, and there was a bit more of a battle between the two of them. I think when Astral Peter is allowed to be proactive, he's like the most fun. Um, and he feels like essential to being a part of the story. Um, and, and, and that that's, that's great for me, That that kind of – a battle, and, and that they're talking to each other now. It's is, is kind of fun,
1: and, and what's interesting about it is you know it, it still ties into the core of the character because you know you talk about the Parker luck, which is obviously a major part of you know the Spider-Man mythology, and you know the the it, it so happens the issue where where Peter is his most assertive is the issue where he's found out, yeah. and now <laughs> it's so it's it's you know he he overstepped. I mean, just just as he's done in other situations. I mean, you know, it seems like Peter's. You know, all of Peter's problems always go back to him. You know, it's it's either him being too passive or him pushing too hard because of his huge passive mistake at the very beginning. Um, and so, even even in telling this new kind of story, they're still staying true to that, which I think is admirable.
0: Yeah. What do you make of um, his sketching an octopus on the notepad? Do you think that's going to come to anything?
1: I didn't even think of that. What do you, What do you think of that? I, that didn't even. That, that, I totally missed that one.
0: Yeah, it was so casually dismissed by um Black Widow. You know, I'm I'm not so sure like why would she hold on to that? You know, like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to this sketch that Spider-Man made for me like he's like some great artist. Right. Um, but, you know, I I imagine it will it will do something but uh, you know, They'll look It'll, at it and be like, "Oh, he's a really <laughs> terrible spider artist."
1: <laughs> It'll probably tie into well, it could be two things. I mean, you know, we, we've you know, they've talked a lot with um, how Spider-Man and, and Doc Ock are, are kind of cut from the same cloth. I mean, even in terms of the, the the animals that they they represent, you know, the eight eight appendages, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe you know, they're trying to show, oh, look, it's a, it's an octopus or is it a spider? It's kind of you know hard to tell the difference. Yeah, there's kind of
0: a cool thematic uh, uh, choice there.
1: Yeah. I mean, either that or maybe they're going to pay it off with like the whole Carly Cooper's, you know, private dick thing that they're doing
0: right now. (laughs) So, (laughs) speaking of uh, of private detective Carly, who do you think that she's talking to in this issue? Um, Because I thought I had a very clear interpretation on it, but I'm not so sure.
1: Um,. You know, it's it's funny. I, I I probably wouldn't have made heads or tails of it, but I, I when the preview pages came out, they, this was that was one of the preview pages they showed, and I, I forgot what what comment section, what side I was on, but someone was like, maybe this is Miguel O'Hara, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and you know, Slot has been saying every which way for 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 months now that miguel o'hara is going to be in superior spider-man and it's going to be soon so i was wondering you know are we going to get some kind of backstory that you know he came from the future and she put him away or something like that and it now seems he's like
0: such a stretch you know
1: but how else are they going to get miguel o'hara in this story and, I have and no idea and that just seems to be definitive that he will be in this story somehow well, I'll, I'll
0: tell you something interesting. Um, you know, uh, the last issue, issue seven, solicit, uh, this is quote unquote what it says on the solicit for issue seven. It says, and a new development for a Spider Man who hasn't been seen for some time, and by time, we mean centuries. And of course, nothing happened with that in issue seven. Um, right. So, so I asked Slot about this on Twitter. Like you know, I said I asked a lot about the story that never appeared, and he retweeted my question, and and he said back to it, um, things were changed between the time the solicit was written and the issue was finalized. Those developments will happen later. So is this that? Uh, I'm not entirely sure because I don't know how you would. It sounds like he's referring to Miguel O'Hara by by saying a d- new development for a Spider-Man. I mean, what other you know a right. Spider-Man sounds like a di- different kind of Spider-Man. But how do you fit Miguel O 'Hara into issue seven like comfortably? it's already pretty stuffed, so maybe you're right, it is Miguel O'Hara. I have no idea what that means. Um, I thought it was Captain Watanabe um, because the character refers to um, you know Carly Cooper being the reason why this person had to take like a leave of absence, which is what happened with Captain Watanabe. Um and I think in the first panel it looks like it could possibly be like an Asian woman from behind but then the second panel looks like a African American male um so I am not sure at all who it is
1: Yeah I, like I said the only reason why I'm even leaping to Miguel O'Hara is is you know a someone else put the idea in my head and B it, it I, if if he's going to show up I don't know how else they're going to figure Okay I was say 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 For sake of argument, it is Miguel O'Hara. What what do you think that? What do you think of that? I mean, are are you happy that he is being introduced into this universe?
0: I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it all depends on execution. You know, like anything. Uh, uh, Anything can be a good idea if it's done well. Um, I don't know that this needs another Spider-Man getting involved. Uh, You know, I. I mean, if it's a wink and a nod to like Miguel O'Hara and saying like, yes, the twenty ninety nine universe. Um, will happen. It is in continuity. That's neat. But um, I don't know. It just seems like such an odd thing to get mixed up in what is already an insanely complicated um, and like kind of already convoluted idea. Like, why bring in time travel, which I'm guessing they're going to do? I don't know. It just seems odd. I mean, to, to, to add another wrinkle to it, if that's what it's going to be. I've and been proven wrong.
1: Yeah, and there seems to be a passionate component of the fan base embracing this idea. And I I just, I mean, Spider-Man 2099 came out right in my purchasing wheelhouse in high school. And I just don't remember being that blown away by the series. I kind of saw it as more 90s fluff. But then again, there are a lot of people now who... Love Ben Riley, and yeah, you know but, uh,
0: he obviously has a passionate fan base. They have an ongoing Scarlet Spider title. Um, people like that Clone Saga stuff now,
1: right, well at least well, at least with the Scarlet Spider it's Kane and not I mean there's like a specific we want Ben Riley back yeah. um, movement, which um. It kind of, you know, surprises me just because of how reviled the Clone Saga was when it when when it was occurring. I mean, the Clone Saga drove me away from Spider Man for for a couple of years because I just couldn't deal with the the lack of coherentness. And you know, Spider Man twenty nine wasn't wasn't actively bad, but I just don't remember it being. I, I just don't remember it. That's the thing. It's, it wasn't memorable. I, it, it was. I bought the first few issues and was like, eh, this doesn't interest me." It was. It was. It was just you know. Cut and dry. It's not Peter, you know. But yeah, and
0: it, I've read it here and there. But it, yeah, it never really like held my attention.
1: Um, but uh, you yeah, know, like I said, people people seem to be very. I mean, apparently, at one of the cons where Slot was talking about Miguel O'Hara, people were cheering. I, I mean, you know, if if yeah, maybe maybe the fan base will be happy.
0: And maybe <laughs> this is their way of relaunching that series, which will make some people happy.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like but,
0: cause we need more spider-related titles. We're, we're talking all these like theories about the future now before we get into any speculation, I kind of want to ask you like if you had to give seven and eight a grade you know like you know a, a um a letter grade what you know in terms of spiderman comics what would you give these issues off the top of your head
1: I would probably give seven a b plus an eight an a minus
0: i think i'm 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 right along there with you um i think I would give but I think I liked seven better than I like eight, um so I would switch the two I'd give um seven an a minus and eight a b plus
1: yeah, I mean it's just like i said i I got stuck on the on the redemption for otto and and that's that's why I feel more sentimental about eight, but probably seven might be the better story the way it's written, but you know, I, I'm a a I'm a sucker for auto helping children. What can I say? And he gets a teddy bear for it too.
0: I mean you know. Or a yeah. stuffed animal. <laughs> yeah, and I, I liked Seven's art a lot. Like like I thought this was one of Humberto Ramos's best issues he's ever drawn. Um watching the double staff of uh cardiac blast around, I thought it was a ton of fun. And ooh, I didn't mention this. I loved um uh spider ock um bossing around the police officers as if they were his henchmen. Mm. Um, and I thought that was particularly a, a fun little nod. But let's move into speculation. We know issue 9 is going to be a huge issue that's going to make us angrier than Spider-Man 700, which neither of us were particularly angry about. So maybe this will be it. Maybe this will finally get us to be angry. Do you think that's going to be the po- uh, possible chance?
1: Uh, it's it's possible. Um, I did see some of the preview art uh, online, and it – it looks fantastic. I, I actually gotta say, and I think this is a segment issue. Um yeah. it, it you know, there's this one panel where you see Doc Ock and as Doc Ock being tackled by all of these supporting characters from past and present. Um, you know, there's Gwen Stacy and Ant Ma and, and it's it I thought it was a really great visual. And um so maybe I won't be angry. I don't know. Um i I mean it's clearly gonna be a showdown. I I think you know I think if anything it's probably just gonna muddy the waters more about the existence of of astral Peter and how he's gonna get his body back and and you know i I guess if you're if you take what's introduced in this comic with you know as as gospel you'll you'll probably be infuriated because if I'm just you know if I'm gonna put money down in Vegas, I'm gonna say that somehow Astral Pete is eliminated um but it's still going to be temporary. I, uh, this is this is me telling fans out there it will be temporary.
0: <laughs> and I think however it plays out, it will be temporary. I think this whole thing is temporary, and I'm enjoying that uh, nature of it. Um, but I think there's going to be a little bit of uh, Peter Parker left over in some form. It might not be Astral Peter, but I think uh, this goes along with a theory that's kind of out there that Peter lives in a particular hemisphere of um, Ox brain. Um, in that he can only control um, the right arm of of uh, of the body. He has trouble with the left and he can't access the uh, language skills. And if you look in the preview art, all of the words and all the buildings inside of um, the mind of Spider-Man are scrambled up. He, he very clearly doesn't have uh, access to language. Um, and I'm wondering if He tries to destroy Peter. Will he wipe out um, that portion of his mind that keeps him um, as Spider-Man? Because he says very clearly in issue eight that uh, Peter's ghost is a collection of memories that have kind of taken on a life of their own or something like that. Mm. Um, And I wonder if he gets rid of Peter, he will like destroy his ability to control – Um, certain aspects of his memory, maybe possibly erasing the science aspect of his mind or even control over a certain part of his body. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe they come to a truce at the end and realize they need each other, um, to, uh, to move forward. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. That's kind of a theory that I have. Um, but I am looking forward to what looks like some kind of like matrix battle in the mind.
1: Um, yeah, no, I I, I actually really like your theory a lot because I think it's 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 a it keeps the door open for you know the inevitable resurrection of the status quo, but, um, but yeah, there's some kind of understanding where Peter openly acknowledges you know Otto, you have to keep the body for now. I could see Marvel interpreting that as being you know, getting people up in a lather, you know, and
0: <laughs> so and how often have these solicits been true? We just talked about like, they want to sell comics and how do they do it? They tell you, it's going to piss you off.
1: Right. I will say though, that at least we are getting a Marcos Martin, um, cover out of this. Yes, like, I see, love his artwork. I would say, I, I mean, I, I love his variants, but I mean, even when, even the few, you know, core covers that he's done, especially in ASM, I've always loved those, those are some of my favorite covers in the last few years. Um, But uh, yeah, I I mean, it's, but it's very, very clear that this story, you know, the story will go on. The story must continue. Um, so I, I just, you know, I think anybody getting their hopes up that, that this is all going to get wrapped up in a tidy little bow in, in a, in a week at this rate, uh, is, is silly, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think Dan Slott understands the character. He obviously understands the character. He's becoming one of the longest running Spider-Man authors ever. Um, but, um. One thing that I think he knows is the importance of Uncle Ben to the series and that lesson. Um, Because to me, if Ock becomes a good guy through uh, the process of destroying Peter and then goes on to become good, it undoes the whole point of this – what I think is the whole point of the series is that it shows how much Uncle Ben's influence on Peter shaped him from becoming a a supervillain. Um, he was always talking about the comparison of in ASM fifteen or not ASM fifteen, Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Um, that you know, Peter Parker says that line like, "I'll you know, I'll show them." Um, he could be a villain, and if Oc destroys Peter um, and then becomes a good guy, uh, it it really says like, you know what? Like, it's not really Uncle Ben's influence that you know really changed him. Like anybody can change. Um, and I think it does the character a disservice by having Ock discover it on his own um, without the assistance of Peter and his memories. Does that make sense?
1: No, absolutely. No, I, I – I, I, I disagree i just I, I agree with everything you say there <laughs> okay so, so dittos <laughs>
0: <laughs> here's one thing that i would love to see and this will never happen and if it does happen i've been thinking this for months and tweeted a slot about it several times um he's been teasing us about who the green goblin is under the mask and like i have no idea who else it would be other than norman osborne there is some theories that it's normie because we haven't seen how tall um the green goblin is and um, they share the same name uh, that was on the hospital bed that was guardless um, and uh, it's Normie finally stepping up or whatever, um, which would be interesting I guess. But how great would it be if Peter's consciousness somehow went into Norman's body and he had to battle Spider-Man to get his body back as Norman Osborn? How crazy would that be? <laughs>
1: I don't know if I could handle that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's, that's where I might lose.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I would kind of like to see Peter as Norman being Goblin fighting Spider-Man. That would be like the weirdest change around ever. Like that would be the, just nuts. Anyway, what I, my real guess is that things will continue on as they are with the book displaying that Auk is trying to do good through questionable means. And I'm really excited that for this uh, preview. And this will move us on to our talk about the um, – Uh, the Spider-News, is the Shadowland um, takeover being kind of teased. And on the cover, it shows a new costume for Spider-Man, but behind him are all these, like, thugs with Spider-Man eyeglasses. And um, I'm really interested to see if, you know, Doc Ock is going to become the master planner again and have henchmen, but, like, Spider-Man henchmen. Uh, I think that's kind of exciting. Yeah,
1: I I, I, I can see that. I mean, the thing was, I I wasn't really that into the Shadowland arc when it, what was that? 2010 when that first yeah. they first started that, and you know, I, you know, I love Kingpin. Kingpin's one of my all-time favorites. Um, but you know, it seems like these days where there's Kingpin, there's you know the Phil Urich um, Hobgoblin who just does. I don't know. I, I I just feel like they took a great character and kind of you know took a leak all over it with, with how they've been characterizing hobgoblin over the last couple of years. So, I mean, if there's a lot of that, I. I, I it's gonna be wait and see for me. I, I, it, I'm obviously gonna keep reading. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give up the title over Shadowland. That would be the stupidest thing. <laughs> um, but
0: all, all this time, and Shadowland was what did it.
1: You know, it, it, I, I will sit through Brand New Day and the Clone Saga, and and. And all these other events, but Shadowland is where I draw the line because Hobgoblin, no way. No, it could be, like you said, if they talk about, you know, Otto the Thug, it could be fun, but I'm in total wait and see mode with that. I, 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 that of all the spider news that they pumped out over the last couple of weeks for, for July, that was probably the thing that, that not, not interests me the least, but just, just, You know, I was the most non-reactive to. Um, You know, everything else. I think I got elicited a stronger reaction to me. Um, You know, the the one chunk of news that came out of that was this deadly foes of Spider-Man series.
0: Superior foes of
1: Spider-Man. Oh, I'm (sighs) superior foes of Spider-Man. I'm 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 thinking of thinking of older tie-in issues in one shot so superior foes of spider-man which is it's got what all these d-list villains like boomerang and shocker and and you know it's one of those things you you look at the description and you're just like why in god's name are they doing this and then and but then you know what uh, why in god's name did they do a matt fraction hawkeye series which is probably going to win like Every single Eisner Award, you know, when they announced that, so I I, <laughs> I bet you this ends up being like the great sleeper hit of of the Spider-Man tie-in universe. But, but maybe I'm just totally like reaching on that.
0: Yeah, I find it odd that it's like not a mini. Like whenever they when they announced it, they said like this is an ongoing, um, and I'm guessing that there's some strong ideas I mean, ideas here that they would go. We need to make this an ongoing and not just like a. A quick way to make money off people who buy every Spider-Man comic like us, because um, there are so many other more marketable characters they could have gone with, if they were trying to purely crash, cash in on Superior, which they you know are right. You know the, the name Superior is plastered on like everything now. Um, We've got Superior Carnage coming up. Ooh.
1: Oh God! And it's not Cletus, right? That's that's the big th- that's the big twist because Cletus had a lobotomy, I believe, in in Minimum Carnage.
0: Oh, my favorite series, not. Oh,
1: uh, uh, I, I liked I liked the Minimum Carnage, but I know you're you're not as sold on the Scarlet Spider stuff as I am. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I the the. the I don't know why we need another Carnage series. I mean this this is this is you know when I was talking before about having non reactions to to Shadowland, I mean this is an instance of if I had a reaction to Carnage, it was like, oh come on. Um but again, people love Carnage and I'm sure for a mini it'll sell. It'll sell you know, it'll sell well. It'll do better than the Alpha Mini.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right, which I've actually been enjoying, although I know you're not a big fan. No, no. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I know I've lost interest in Carnage completely, especially uh, you know uh, Minimum Carnage just did me in. I like the previous two books, okay. Although I find it so frustrating that like nobody just outright kills him; they're finding a way to slowly reduce his like capabilities, to, you know, to the point of lobotomizing him. Like, but when Venom is standing there about to kill him, and this this serial killer who's gone and killed so many people, like. I have a hard time buying that he just isn't put down and I don't care how many times Spider-Man defends that honor, like someone would get around to it. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess that's part of the reason why I actually liked Minimum Carnage because, you know, you have Kane there as, you know, the Spider-Man without responsibility. And I mean, he's the one who actually kind of You know, pulls the trigger, so to speak, on the lobotomy. So it was it was good to kind of see, you know, a Spider-Man character finally be more violent towards Carnage and just not let it continue on. And, oh, let's 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 lock him up in the raft again, you know, (laughs) like, you know, Um, but yeah. And and. Correct. This isn't this isn't Zeb Wells on this one either, right? No, or no, not yeah, at all. yeah. So I I just I I don't know what the draw is going to be, but it'll it'll probably do well. Um, and then of course the other big change is they're they're dropping Avenging and doing a more appropriate superior team up. Which I mean, let's face it, Avenging is a team up. It's Marvel team up for 2012, 13, you know, and, and, and I'm fine with that. I, I, I always liked Marvel team up. I thought it was cool. I mean, it's, it's, I've liked avenging. I mean, I I feel that Yost is Chris Yost has brought, um, a nice, nice voice to it since he took over a few issues ago. But, um, you know, Benji, the team up stories are good in terms of just getting, you know, working in characters who don't often appear in a Spider-Man book. um, you know, we have Sleepwalker in this most current issue, but you know, we we, we got to see the f the the Future Foundation kids um, a couple issues ago, and and just a straight Spider-Man Thor team up. I mean, I I I, I like I like those kinds of stories. I mean, they're good one and done stories for the most part.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Avenging has been a great book, and a, uh, and even better once it transitioned into the Superior Spider-Man era with more consistent plot lines and really exploring. You know his role in the marvel universe which is great because when i read amazing i love it when it's just spider-man in his own universe those are my favorite stories but seeing him interact with everybody else i can get in a different title and and i think that's kind of the way it should be done they should look at that as um you know the format moving forward I, i really i really think that's smart um
1: you know, it's good just to also see Spider-Man not only interact with other heroes, but just other villains, and 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 like you said, just really exploring what his role in within the Marvel universe. I mean, beyond just these big, huge tie-ins that we get every summer now. It seems whether it's you know AVX or Age of Ultron or whatever, um, it, it's you know obviously with these team-up stories, it's still. A Spider-Man story, but you know it's Spider-Man story through the lens of a couple of other characters, and and that's that's more than enough for me.
0: What I think is interesting about this change in the name to like Team Up is that it's using the name Superior, uh, right? It's it's Superior Spider-Man Team Ups, mm. number one. So that right. that means if they're doing a number one, that means to imply that Superior might be you know this is in July, um, this is implying that Superior might be around. Way longer than, than I'm anticipating Why change the name if you're only going to do You know, one per month For like six months And have only six issues of a book um, Why not just continue onward uh, So maybe Superior's around for even longer than even we anticipate um, That's true yeah.
1: Although, I mean, I've seen them I've seen them cancel issues After only eight or nine issues Yeah, so.
0: it's true, it's true I just um, think it's interesting to look at it that way
1: I mean, what I mean, since you're talking about it, I mean,
0: what what is
1: what is your ultimate like end date on the Superior Universe? Like, what, how, you know, this started January, well, December, late December, 2012. When does this end? Is it? I, I'm thinking a solid year. That was my idea.
0: I thought it would. I think it would last about a year. I expected like 24, 25 issues of this. Yeah. Um, I really don't know how much more of the story there is to get beyond that point because either Doc Ock redeems himself, battles Peter and loses. I mean, it's going to get to a point eventually, you know, where cuz the story is how does Ock respond to these things differently, right? And right. like you know, how many stories are there? Um I do, I mean, I'm not a writer. I mean, I I mean I write some things, but like I'm not a comic book writer. Um, so I don't know. You know, a good writer could make it last forever. I don't think that's what people want, um, and I, you know, I, I don't really know, like how many different aspects of the character there are. Um, now that it's like pushed away, things we have Carly Cooper moving in. It seems on finding out the identity, like, you know, either you're building up to have it forever, or you're building to some kind of conclusion at some point. I, I don't really know how much there is to do with it, but I mean, we'll see.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't think you can have a, a Marvel universe without Peter Parker, or Spider Man. At some point, I I just don't. I mean, you know, and and I mean, it'll just create too much confusion for all the other media out there. I, you know, like I mean, just the fact that they have movies that are Peter Parker, just the fact that um, you know you have video games, you have others. It's it's just not gonna. Uh, yeah, this this will have an end date. I this is not, you know, this is not a forever change. Unless, unless the forever change is that, you know, when Peter regains his body back, you know, there's still the essence of Doc Ock and his brain, so he f- still thinks of himself as superior. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's the whole brain hemispheres thing, and they end up like working with each other, and Doc Ock is like the science side of the brain or something, and every time he needs to use science you know, he has to tap into his dark dark oxide or something like that. Like maybe that's an interesting way to like change the character up and allow him to be more dynamically like, you know, gray, like, you know, like in the gray zone of his good and evil. Um, maybe that's where it goes. And that's how they get him to like leave horizon is he decides not to use his science mind anymore. Um, I don't know because I'm curious if horizon is here forever. Um, How long does he get to be Crazy Doc Ock and keep that job? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm excited to see where it goes. I think there's enough to carry us through like 25 issues. I mean uh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So while we anticipate the future, why don't we also reflect on the past?
0: Yeah, so now we'll move into the part of the podcast where we talk about a classic issue, Um, and uh, this time we're talking about um, Amazing Spider-Man number 9 starring Electro or the debut of Electro because uh, what did we see, uh, Mark, in the news this week?
1: Well, we saw uh, some new photos of Jamie Foxx. As as Electro, or or I guess is it Ray Charles as Electro? I don't know. Um, (laughs) That would be a weird twist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, you you just you just don't know anymore. Um, And obviously, they're they're going with a. It looks like more of a the Ultimate Universe design for the character. Um, I thought it looked pretty cool. I I, I actually, you know, I I know some people were joking that it's you know Doctor Manhattan spawning, uh, you know, a, a Sith Lord or something. But I, I actually thought he looked pretty cool. Yeah, uh, being
0: a big fan of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man uh, and that interpretation of Electro, I thought this was, like, straight out of that and what I was excited to see. Um, you know, that character, I don't think a big star-faced guy would really work in um, in this this day and age, So, especially with Mark Webb's interpretation. So I'm excited to see um, – This character, and I think those those images got me more excited for the movie.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Although, I mean, I will say regarding the 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 star design, you know, the original, um, you know, something that I always liked about Elektra when he was first introduced was the fact that I I thought it was kind of the epitome of the whole, you know, KISS um, strategy in 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 story development and just keeping it really simple. You know, you have Max Dillon, the lineman. Gets a, you know, he's working. Gets electrocuted. Develops powers and decides, you know, I'm going to rob banks and be a be a petty thug and do these things. And you know, rather than trying to get too complicated with the story, which I mean, it's good too. It's always good to have layers, but. Um, it 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 kind of made Electro a really interesting secondary villain. I mean, he's not the top tier, but I mean, I would certainly put him in the second tier of of Spidey villains.
0: Well, I like his origin story. I mean, it's really simple, but it's kind of almost like a truncated version of um, Peter's story in a way. You know, he he's you know Max Dillon is out uh, at the power lines and he's asked to go up and fix something in order to save the life of someone. Um, and he says he won't do it unless he were, was to be paid. And so they offer to pay him, and he goes up and then gets electrocuted. In a way, he refuses the call to action um, as well, um, but is rewarded for it, and And then goes out and you know continues on with his greedy desires in a way that he never learned a lesson from his greed. He was just... You know, rewarded for it And I, f- I find that kind of interesting You know, it's not a perfect mirror of Peter Parker But there's an element of that there, I think um, Yeah, you know, no,
1: uh, definitely I mean, I mean, and that that seems to be the case with a lot of Spidey's early villains um, But uh, but Electro was definitely one that's kind of, like, stood the test And then, you know, we had the the, the Mark Wade reinvention um, a couple of years ago Where they kind of made him into this You know, Occupy Wall Street kind of guy. Which I mean, I thought it was an interesting take on the character. I'm not going to lie. You know, politics aside, Um, but again, I I, I did I did groove on the simplicity of them. And and this this issue itself actually means a lot to me. This was the first um, single digit issue I got in my collection. So you know, the first yeah the first of the of the first nine, I guess. You know, because ten is obviously double digits, uh, but, um, um, you know, and and I just remember when I got it, you know, I, I was kind of thinking back to when I was a lot younger buying these comic, you know, buying these comic books in the 200s and 300s and whatnot and saying to myself, you know, what, what, if I ever broke the top 10, what would be the first issue? And I, in my mind, I always thought based on the value end of it, it would probably be seven or eight because those are really the only issues in the first 10 that don't mark an important first appearance or first confrontation. You know, seven is the second vulture and eight is the, uh, the human, the human brain, human, the robot, the the killer living brain, living brain. Thank you. Um, but yeah, with, with, you know, the fact that I was able to score the first electro, um, you know, he's a sinister six. I, I mean, you know, again, he's not a top tier villain, but he's, he's, you know, upper echelon of the second tier in my opinion and um it was just it, i i was just really impressed It my i, I, I it was like one of those things where i was like on ebay at like four in the morning and it just got posted and i was, it, you know the guy literally just put it up and it had a buy it now price which i thought was fair and i even remember the guy you know after i bought it was like you know what, if you're really interested in spider-man i have other issues and i ended up get, you know kind of off the grid, getting like a, the first craven from him, um, and a couple issues like in the 20s and stuff like that. And he was just like liquidating his stock because I think he wanted to put an addition on his house or something. So, again, I, I, I appreciate you selling me a good copy of, of, uh, Number nine had <laughs> a fair price. That it actually was uh, I think I said good, but you know, if we're talking grading, I think it was like a very good plus or very good fine or something like that. But
0: yeah, I don't own the issue. It's one of the eleven holes in my collection. Um, my first issue in the one through nine was number two. I went straight for it. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, yeah, no. But funny enough for me, this is, outside of Amazing Fantasy fifteen, this is the first um, Stan Lee uh Steve Dicko uh issue of Spider-Man that I ever read. Um so really my first uh amazing Spider-Man by Stan Lee and Steve Dicko that I ever read. Well, um, oh, that's
1: that's fantastic. What did you was it in a in like a collected edition or something or or Yeah
0: I think it was in like a best of Spider-Man or something like that or a reprint in the back of something. I just remember reading the story and um you know what it's kind of the perfect story to, um, to start off with It has like all the Spider-Man staples That like made those issues great um, He's got bad luck with women Because of Spider-Man So with Betty She gets upset that he like goes into the action um, At the end He's like dealing with JJJ's Misunderstandings of him Aunt May has health issues As she was likely to have I mean it's got all those like key things That make up a classic Spider-Man title um, And also he has to use science To outwit his uh you know his enemy after losing to him the first time uh, right it's like like formula um you know and this is the way like you're going to read a spider-man issue like this is what you expect when you go to a spider-man book
1: i, I also love i mean and this is just a total 60s thing i mean you i don't feel like they do this as much anymore with covers where um they it's that that idea of showing the the character in total peril yeah um you know it, it, i don't know like I guess you get it to some degree still here and there but it's it's more stylized now where you know like obviously in the 60s you know they're trying to sell the story itself it's not it's not an artistic interpretation of it and it's it's you know very black and white it's you know
0: It's got it's, the diptych the two images on the cover yeah I love I love those things they they're really great they actually show you what is inside the book right
1: yeah i mean it's 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 actually good salesmanship i mean you know in in the era before internet solicitations and twitter and preview pages you know like you know you go to the spinner rack in 1964 i'm thinking that came out 63 64 and see that on the rack you're like holy sh- holy crap how the hell did <laughs> how is he going to escape this guy <laughs> so um i it's it's to me it's a great great classic issue i mean you know uh, the first 38 issues are all classics but um this one definitely stands out to me and you know I, I, seeing the electro stuff in the news um you know it's i'm happy to think fondly of this issue once again give me reason to you know
0: yeah yeah and i, I think this one is i think this issue for me was the first time and, and and looking back at it now, it, it feels like the first time that Spider Man's powers were used to their full extent. He, you know, goes through this prison and is clinging to the walls and taking out all the goons in interesting ways. Um, you know, we get him using rubber gloves to take out Electro using his mind. I love the kind of like use of Spider Man and his abilities in this. But I also thought it was interesting rereading this for this uh, podcast. Um, that Electro, his powers are very different than I remember them being. He wears, like, a harness in order to charge up his powers. He needs to electrocute himself. He's not spontaneously generating electricity. Um, he's just kind of conducting it. Um, and he uses it for ways I don't ever remember seeing him since using it, like using it to, like, charge a door so that no one can come through or to lockpick um, a safe, um, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, that the character has changed so much, his power set has changed uh, so much over the years, and he's had some great moments over the years, like breaking everybody out of the raft in um, New Avengers number one.
1: Oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I I hate to keep repeating myself, but you know, there's there's you know, he's definitely a significant contribution to the Spider-Man universe. I mean, you know, I I feel like whereas some of the other characters that were introduced early. Um, I, their impact has been lessened to some degree, you know, Electro, Electro's still significant. And, and we even saw in Avenging 18, I mean, he, he, he gave Thor a run for his money in that issue. Um, you know, it's, 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 you know, it, it, he's, he's a fun villain. I'm glad he's still around. Um, you know, the, the evolution hasn't bothered me all that much. I mean, you know, things change. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. So. He's,
0: in some ways he's kind of become, what you've always expected him to be you know like living electricity and that's kind of exciting
1: yeah and and, and, you know what and and kind of keeping with the keep it simple situation they they haven't really tarnished him by like having him flip flop between good and evil i mean electro has been consistently a villain unless there's some old arc that i can't think of but it's not like you know like sandman has jumped back and forth venom has jumped back and forth doom has jumped back and forth Liz, I mean, well, Lizard is Jeff and Hyde anyway, but you know, like all the, all these other characters have always kind of tap danced. I mean, you know, even Doc Ock is helping, um, Spider-Man out in the nineties with, um, some of the clone stuff. Um, so for, for me, like, you know, it's just, he's a bad guy. He stayed a bad guy, you know, no, no, no complications.
0: (laughs) Good old fashioned baddie.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
0: Well, uh, you know, we hope you guys enjoyed this uh, this conversation we've been having. Um, I know I did. Um, oh, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so.
1: <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been bored on this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are not boring. Absolutely not.
0: <laughs> well, if you guys want to find all of our podcasts, you know, maybe you're listening back through. Uh, at some point in the future, you can find all of our Superior Spider Talk podcasts at – SuperiorSpiderTalk.Podomatic.com Or find us on iTunes By searching for Superior Spider Talk And if you do, please leave us a rating And a comment to let us know how we're doing And we'll read it on the air Yeah, I'm, I'm putting that out there What do you think about that, Mark?
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know if we have to put a, a rating on our program, but yes, we'll read it on the air, no matter what you say. So, <laughs> uh, <absolutely.
0: laughs> so, so uh, go for it. Yeah. yeah. But like, let really, let us know, and, and rate, by rating us is the only way that people will discover us. So, um, you know, please make sure you do that. It would be a big help. We'd be very appreciative of it. If you have any opinions on these comics that we've discussed today, or any questions that you'd like us to answer, um, in the future, we might have a and a section. So please email them to us at superiorspidertalk at gmail.com, and we'll address and read them on the air. So once again, I'm Dan Gavazdin and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Dan Gavazdin, or you can read uh, my blog, grindmyreels.com, where I discuss movies and things like that because I am uh, a, a you know, professional film critic um, as well as Spider-Man lover. And, and- uh, Mark?
1: Yeah, I'm Mark Gianocchio. Um You can you can grab me on Twitter. I'm at chasingasmblog, um, and you should read my blog. It's chasingamazingblog.com. We actually just uh, recently redesigned the uh, the site. Um, I had a good friend of mine who's a professional web designer do it for me, and it looks. I, I think it looks fantastic.
0: I love it. I think it looks great.
1: Uh, well, the, I, I I pay you to say that, Dan.
0: Um, but <laughs> well, I miss a little bit of your fun wallpaper you used to have. But
1: uh, yeah, it's true.
0: <laughs> every, everything gets better with time.
1: That's true. You know, the, the the wallpaper took too long to to load, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was, no, that's, where, true,
1: that's where, true. When my friend when my friend was looking on the back end, that was the first thing she, she said. That that's got to go. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, but no. So chasing uh, www.chasingamazingblog.com. We we update Mondays and Thursdays, and I'm also uh, contributing columns over at the comics should be good at CBR. I do the gimmick or good column there. Um, and, and those kind of, they run about once a week, but the day is sporadic. But, but, you know, and I talk about Spider-Man there and many other things, but either way, if you, if you have Spider-Man questions or just, you know, nineties comics questions or anything like that, you know, feel free to, to tweet at me or, or leave me a comment on the blog.
0: Yeah. Can never get enough Spider-Man, right?
1: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> well, we hope you guys enjoyed the show and that you, uh, keep an eye out for us next month as we discuss, uh, issues nine and 10. So uh, signing off, right?
1: You got it, Dan. Thanks again. I really enjoyed this. (laughs)